Simple Life Together, episode 33, a Simple Life Together update, and what's the value of simple? An interview with Joel Zaslowski. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simple life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. On the last episode of the show, we talked about how the choices you make directly affect your level of simplicity in life. On today's show, we're going to give you a quick update on the show, and then we have a special treat. Yeah, we actually had Joel Zaslowski here from the Smart and Simple Matters show and the Value of Simple. He'll be joining us today. Yeah, so, yeah, he's a great guy, and he's got a great blog and a great podcast, so you need to stick around for the interview. It's a yeah, good one. Tons of terrific info to share, so stick around for that. But first, we want to let you know some things that are going on with us and the show. Here's what we're working on. We've talked about some of these things a few times, and I just wanted to kind of highlight them uh, as we go forward through the summer because we do get some feedback on it from time to time. And the first one is photo organization. We've brought that up a couple of times, right? right? And we've talked about this on past shows, and it's probably one of the most requested topics that we get. Yes, it is. So kind of as an update, we're still researching and asking some pros for some tips, and we'll focus on solutions for both digital photos and also how to deal with all those physical photos Mm -hmm. that you've collected over the years. So yeah, you can look forward to that um, in the next couple of months or so. So we're trying to figure out the process. We have... A very simple process, but I think it's probably a little bit um, more complex for some other folks. So we're just trying to find different options and different solutions for you. So yeah, stick, stay yeah, tuned for that. Absolutely. Yeah. What's simple for us might not be simple for somebody who doesn't have the same systems we do. So there's another thing that Dan's working on. He's going to be working on an Evernote tutorial at some point. Yeah. So. And honestly, I have just been kind of waiting for the dust to settle on some of the recent updates across the different systems. And now it seems like things have settled down a bit. So I'll be working on an Evernote tutorial through August and maybe the early part of September. So if you have any special requests regarding Evernote, drop me a note at dan at simplelifetogether.com. Yeah, that's cool. I just want to make sure that I include in there what exactly what you're looking for. My plan is to go through a lot of the things that I went through on the Evernote Part 1 and Evernote Part mm-hmm. 2, the Evernote Simplified podcast that I did not too long ago. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool because we get a lot of feedback on that too, how they really appreciated that uh, those two episodes. So yeah. that'll be neat. Well, finally, uh, we'll be on the road for a little bit for the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Actually, we'll be in Portland for Chris Gilbo's World Domination Summit, like you guys haven't heard us talk about that before. Yeah, third year in a row. <laughs> yes, yep. that's right. And we also have some mixed business and fun time with family throughout July and early August. So if you keep up with the show, you know we typically release the shows every Thursday, but for the month of July, we'll be doing shows every other week. So today is the 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. And the next show will be the 18th of July when we have another terrific guest interview. And then we'll be back in the beginning of August. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be taking the 25th of July off as well. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If we get a chance, we may do an on-the-road episode in between visiting, you know, places on the road like the world's largest ball of twine or the corn (laughs) palace or Pedro south of the border. I didn't think that was on the road. What are you talking about? (laughs) On the road to Wally World. So... Anyhow, if you're not from the United States, those are some kind of, I guess, joked about landmarks, but they really exist. They do. You know? So uh, those are some of the things we see across our great land. So, But we have got a metric hoop of new visitors lately. and uh, Metric hoopa? It, it's like three times a regular hoopa. It's a Texas term. All right. It's a metric hoopa. All right? Okay. So... Um, So this little break will probably give you uh, a little bit of time to listen to all the back episodes of the show uh, if you're new to the show. And we know we've had people download the whole back catalog on the CDs and listen to us as they drove across country. Wow. I mean, we that's the, remember that when we got yeah. the feedback? And I'm like, seriously, there's no way I could listen to me that long. Yeah, seriously. I don't know how anybody hey, could hey, too. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> ease up. Ease up there, woman. <laughs> uh, okay. So, well, we'll probably post a photo or two on the blog as well. So you can stay tuned for that or kind of be on the lookout for that. Um, you know, just stay in touch with us at SimpleLifeTogether.com and on Twitter. Right. And I know we, we don't really blog too much. Much. We should probably do that some more as we find sure. some more time. But uh, we really look forward to this uh, this trip, working vacation for a little bit. So Heck yeah. we've built everything around 
so we could do this thing. That's you know, right. Built our lives around that stuff. So. <laughs> and as promised, we sat down for a talk with our friend Joel not long ago. And I know you're going to enjoy this. So let's not delay it any longer. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. Joel Zaslowski of the awesome Smart and Simple Matters podcast and his amazing blog, The Value of Simple, is with us today. And of course, we'll have links to Value of Simple and the Smart and Simple Matters show in the show notes. Well, there are a lot of adjectives to describe Joel. Tall, pleasant, focused, bordering on obsessive when it comes to a few topics we'll talk about today. Uh, He's a family man, renaissance guy, candid. Those are some of the obvious ones, and all of them fit. Not to mention, Joel has a perfect voice for audio, whereas I have a perfect face for it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's my line. I have the perfect face for audio. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier, folks. It was fun. Anywho's, um, but those who follow Joel and his work know that some of the things that really make him distinctive in the simplicity space is that he really goes into some very niche areas that most people would not expect. And we'll talk about some of those areas today. He's incredibly open about his journey from a six-figure corporate job to carving out a niche online uh, while shaping his lifestyle. And hopefully we can twist his arm and get him to share some (laughs) of that story with us today. You can find out more about Joel at valueofsimple.com. Okay, so just as a little bit of background, uh, while Vanessa and I have followed Joel's work, his podcast, and his blog, uh, we never really met face-to-face until last January. And I was at uh, the New Media Expo in Vegas, and I heard this voice... And it immediately sounded very familiar. You know, we talk a lot on the show, but I'm a, kind of an auditory learner. Yes. And so the, the, the voice was just there. And it's like, I looked over and I said, excuse me, are you Joel? And sure enough, that's how Joel and I first met face to face. And since then, uh, we've been on his show as guests on episode 15 of the Smart and Simple Matters show back in January that mm-hmm. was, and we've been dying to have Joel on the show, and finally he's, he's here. here. It took a little while. Our people were getting with his people. There were contracts <laughs> to sign, all of that, but uh, we finally worked it all out. That's not very simple. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, Joel was ready from the start, but I ca- everything keep coming up. Yeah, you know? it is always and so, up. Life well, gets in the way. <laughs> that's right. So Joel, welcome to Simple Life Together. Hi, so Joel. glad you're here. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. I got to tell you, you were the first person who recognized me based on my voice in my podcast. That was such a thrill when you came up to me at New Media Expo. I told a bunch of people about it. I'm like, oh, look. He knew who I was because of my voice. Yeah. So that was really cool. And before I get into anything else, I just want to say that you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Simple Life Together, and I subscribe to your show, and I thoroughly enjoy and benefit from every episode. So just as much as it was a treat to have you on my show a little while back, it's really, really awesome for me to be on here with all your awesome listeners and with you two today. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Joel. Thank you, Joel. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so now that I got my feelings of gratitude out there, which I'm pretty <laughs> big on... Um, Maybe you you want to know my deal a little bit? Yeah. So, well, we usually start off with one standard question with our guests. Well, so we'll start off with that one. Yeah. And it goes a little something like this. <laughs> so, Joel, who are you and how do you make people's lives simpler? All right. Well, I'm what you would probably call a, a regular dude who likes to refer to himself as a regular dude. Pretty casual in my language. <laughs> Even though I talk about a lot of serious things, I like to approach it in a non-serious way a lot of times, which I'm sure you two can appreciate a bit. Absolutely. But getting to your question, you know, I feel like I help make people's lives simpler by making it hard on them, by making it difficult on them to ignore all the amazing reasons why they could be leading a more intentional life mm. and all the benefits that come from minimalism and simplicity and all the other associated things. And you mentioned I do that with blog posts on Value Simple and with podcast episodes Uh, with awesome people like you two, and resources for specific people who like to maximize certain things like a digital project or investing and a whole host of other things. So I really try to spread that mission of simplicity by being an example to people around me of what it can look like, what it can feel like. And one of my greatest joys is the simplicity of curating and sharing my best resources with the people who need them when they need them. Well, that's great. We are going to get into curating in a little bit because that's something that, um, you know, whether it's um, 
collecting information from the web or curating your experiences through life. Uh, uh, that there's a big difference between collecting and curating, and I and I would like to kind of talk about some of those things as we go on. So you you um you've talked talked about your personal renaissance a lot on your on the blog. Can you describe what that is and what it's been like for you and how you, that personal renaissance has led to a simpler and more focused life? Yeah. Yeah, I love talking about it and I love telling this story because for the first three decades of my life, I'm almost 34 years old, uh, I was just floating. It was so arbitrary, but good. I mean, life was really comfortable. I was financially stable. I had a nice house and a nice family. I had a lot of things going for me. And that's what I thought that I wanted. That's what I had worked so hard for three decades to achieve because that's what people had said, this is what you should do. And then back in April 2010, my wife Melinda told me I'm pregnant. And it was expected. It was with our first child, my son Grant. And it was at that moment where I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to be a papa in about seven and a half months. What's my legacy? Do I have one? Do I have one that's meaningful? And, and what kind of father do I want to be? So it was this transformational moment in my life where I just reassessed everything. My priorities, how I analyzed life, the way that I ate and exercised. Uh, and I went through this personal renaissance, which is actually Melinda's term for it, which I have appropriated for my <laughs> own uses, to become more intentional about life to embrace minimalism as a tool, as a philosophy to very much define between my needs and my wants and my desires. And as I've stripped away all these layers of excess in my life, a lot of people come at it from a physical perspective, but I've always had a very clean, very Spartan environment. I kind of did inside out simplicity where I needed a lot of help spiritually and mentally and emotionally because it was just this firestorm of thoughts and and things that I could do that I might want to do. So over the course of about a year or two, I evolved significantly to the point where some of my friends didn't even recognize me. Physically, I looked like the same guy, but internally, it was all about figuring out what value can I generate for other people? How, How can I give back for all the things that I'm fortunate about? I'm in a great position to help a lot of other people, but I hadn't really done that up until that point. So this personal renaissance has put me in the mindset of giving and giving as much as I can, as opposed to just taking. I love that. Your story sounds, you know, similar to ours um, in that, uh, you know, you just feel like, like your words were floating, you know, and is you think that you're doing things on purpose, but you really aren't. You're just kind of doing what everybody else expects you to do. And for us, you know, yours is a personal renaissance. I, I call it an awakening. I know it's not very original, but it really is. And it's like you turn around. And I think it's interesting how your child um, had made you kind of think about things. Because um, although we had already had children when we kind of started our journey together uh, to simplify our lives, um, it really made us, this journey has really made us razor focus on the priorities in our life. And, I mean, you, you start to shift from... To, from selfish to selfless, I think sometimes, and especially with your family, because all of a sudden I'm starting to ask questions like, um, how can I be a better parent? What are they going to think of me? How am I going to influence my child and my children to move on and to be conscious, respectful, um, you know, responsible adults? And all of a sudden I'm like, I, and you can't just do that when you're floating around in life, you know? So I think it's interesting that you say that. And the other thing, kind of on a side note, I think it's cool that you say Papa because that's how <laughs> that's how Dan is referred to too as he's not Dad or Daddy, he's Papa yeah. as well. But anyway, I just I like your story. I love your story because it's a lot like ours. I think absolutely. It was it was a bad place that I was in. From the outside, it looked great. I had what everybody wanted, but inside, I mean, people didn't see the video game addict who would stay up till three o'clock in the morning playing wow. World of Warcraft. I broke my video game addiction and a lot of other destructive habits that were holding me back. And as a result of it, I feel and I am such a better person. Uh, and and it's, it's really hard for me to communicate the essence of my story in a short period of time. 
But if people want to know a little bit more, I've got this thing that's called the value of simple declaration, which for a wordy guy like me basically communicates everything that I've told you and what I stand for and what the community that I stand for is all about in less than 10 seconds. Wow. So that's, um, that's a, a cool image for folks if they want to know a little bit more about the background of my story. Well, we'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes. That's, a, that's the infographic that you have on your site that you can yeah. click. Yeah, we'll definitely link to that. Well, actually, you know, I love your tagline on valueofsimple.com. Liberate your time, your money, and talent. So even that alone tells you what you're about in a way. Um, you know, in my experience and, and Dan's experience when setting up like a website and People either forget all about that tagline or they give it lots and lots of thought, you know. But I'm guessing you fall into the second category because it can be difficult to distill what you're all about to a tagline. Can you tell us a little bit about the backstory of liberate your time, money, and talent as it relates to you, your clients, and your people who follow your work? Sure. I've actually considered changing it to simplify, organize, and be money-wise, which I think better captures the essence of value of simple. Uh, but liberate your time, money, and talent is great too because as as I got this sense, as I talk about my personal renaissance, I felt this. I felt liberation, like I felt liberated from the materialism that drives our society. I felt liberated from the social norms in terms of what kind of person I should be or what should be important to me. And I wanted to help other people feel that liberation of their time in terms of efficiency and productivity, um, you know, money. I'm, I'm huge on personal finance from 14 years old when I picked up my mom's money magazine and I started reading about <laughs> personal finance. I've just been an enthusiast. I worked in the investment industry for over a decade and it's probably, although that was of course somewhat arbitrary, RBC Wealth Management, my previous employer, they were the first people who do something great. <laughs> Let's do this thing. But the money part is incredibly important because it, it can hold you back. For as much as I don't want money to have any role in my life, I realize it has an extremely strong pull and role in just about everybody's life. And we need to be really sound, especially about the really unsexy side of money, like budgeting and income and expense tracking and paying your bills. Um, and, you, and when you get that, when you can put a lot of those things on autopilot and you don't have to think about them anymore, it frees you up to unlock and unleash all that talent that's lying dormant inside you. And everybody has this massive amount of talent that's just waiting to come out. But sometimes in order to get to that point, you need to do some predecessor steps like time management and personal finances so that you can really figure out how you can impact your local community or anyone who can speak or read English yeah. or another language if you speak that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is amazing. As much as um, we don't want money to, to have an impact, I mean, it really, really does. People get stuck in dead-end jobs because they can't afford health insurance on their own they, and, they, and they're trapped there. There's nothing they can do. They may have a child that has or, or a spouse that has medical conditions and all that, so they're stuck there. Um, and they feel stuck there anyway. And, um, and they haven't taken the steps to, like you, the word you use is liberate themselves. Mm-hmm. And once you do, I mean, it really is. I mean, that's, that's real freedom. When you are not beholden to anybody for money, Absolutely. not in debt, not, don't have to work a job that you don't want to, that's unfulfilling. That's a great tagline. But the auditory guy is coming out in me. And the the tagline you're talking about changing it to, isn't that the one that you use on the podcast? I use that a lot of places oh, uh, now, okay. just just yeah. because I I love it. And yeah. it's it's not right. It's not perfect. You know, and I'm not the kind of guy who will ever tell anybody else, I have the right way. Right. There's all kinds of paths yeah. to getting where you want to go. I feel like I have a path, which yeah. isn't necessarily the path. Uh, so, you know, changing things and I'm, and I'm always wondering if I do this, what impact will it have? Are people really going to get me? And, um, we'll see, yeah. we'll see where I go with that one. Yeah. I swore I heard the simplify, organize and be money wise on, on the show. I'm, and I must have, so that's good stuff. Yeah. It, sound, it does sound good. Yeah. Too. <laughs> All right. So anybody who's ever even had the briefest encounter with you or any, or any of your work knows two things for sure. You love spreadsheets all right, and I'm not talking about the making the bed kind. I'm talking about the the relational documents with all the little cells on them. And and uh, number two, 
you, the topic of curating that you mentioned earlier is so near and dear to your heart. So that said, let's talk about spreadsheets first. Tell us about your love for spreadsheets and some of the ways that you use them to simplify your life. Okay, well, this could be an episode on its own. <laughs> but Dan and Vanessa and everyone listening, spreadsheets are freaking amazing. And for the types of things that you would not even think about unless some crazy spreadsheet obsessed guy like me came along and pointed them out. Uh-huh. Dan, we were exchanging emails before the show and and I was sending you some ideas uh, related yeah. to spreadsheets, and I sent you a couple. One of them was a circuit breaker box control information <laughs> spreadsheet where you have in a, in a one-page grid all of the various circuit breaker boxes, what lights and outlets they control, yeah. what appliances. I have that in a spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, Grant, my two-and-a-half-year-old son, was named Grant because Melinda and I couldn't objectively – figure out what to call the kid. I wanted to call him one type of name. She wanted to call him a different type of name. And we finally said, look, let's create some kind of objective way of naming our child. So we, in a spreadsheet, came up with a nine-point system to figure out how can we name our son. And that's how Grant got his name. Uh, I, I even had a post on Value Simple. It's called Spreadsheets and You, How and Why to Put Your Life in Them. And that's probably the most concise way that I've ever written up why people should use spreadsheets. Even people who just think that they're totally for accountant geeks and for number crunchers. Most of my spreadsheets, they don't have any numbers in them. They don't have any formulas in them. The ability to sort and filter and all sorts of other things, I find it to be the perfect tool, simple tool as well for organizing and communicating Mm -hmm. just about anything that you might otherwise do in a Word document or a PowerPoint presentation or a journal or anything else. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. You were going to say something? Well, yeah, Dan's looking at me because I'm like, um, I'm not that familiar with spreadsheets or I, or I wasn't. I am a novice spreadsheet person. And I, But when I started listening to your podcast and how um, excited you were about them and then I started using just a couple, I, I'm with you. I'm on board. I like seeing everything in a snapshot. I mean, it just really makes things, go figure, simple and and I've got a, just a quick story relating to spreadsheets. I was struggling. I was the treasurer of our uh, chapter of National Association of Professional Organizers here in San Antonio. And I was having an issue with balancing uh, the, the budget and getting all everything together in one spot. And it was just, it was, oh, it was so stressful and dealing with QuickBooks for such a small chat. I mean, it was just, it was a nightmare. And I said, Dan, I'm, I'm pulling out my hair. I need help. And he says, let's make a spreadsheet. And I was like, well, what? <laughs> and it made it so easy. It was just awesome. So um, I'm on board. And so yeah. I need to definitely dive a little bit further into your tutorials and your information <laughs> because, and then Dan also s- sent me the spreadsheet that you did with, about the child. About, about Grant and the, picking the child's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, I was just, I, w- I was amazed because it's so true. It's so it important. Is. But yeah, uh, anyway. you know, And you know, I have to admit, I'm a, I am less of a, quantitative guy as I would like to be. I'm not as analytical working with websites and stuff. And I'm just not as analytical as I wish that I was. I'm much more of a qualitative guy. And in the military, in the jobs that I've had, we used spreadsheets to find a quantitative answer to a qualitative issue. So uh, and it was good. We used one, one thing that we used uh, for, for targeting or keeping our, our assets protected was called a Carver matrix. And the Carver was an acronym for criticality, accessibility, um, recuperability, rec- uh, vulnerability, effect on population, and, and recoverability. Jeez. Or, or recognize I, I, I can see why you had an acronym for that. <laughs> yeah. And so you took all of those things that a target could have and you assigned a value one through 10. And then, so you took all these qualitative factors on how if you lose this target or if you destroy this target, the, 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 uh, how each one of those should be ranked. Which, yeah. How do you uh, distribute your assets to protect them or distribute your assets to take those targets out? So you have to come up with uh, something that's quantitative out of something that's really qualitative. And the only way to really do that is assign a number to it. And still yeah. you're, you're ranking those things, and that's subjective. But okay. there are objective factors too. And so it's blending all those things together to come up with a quantitative result. 
That's cool. Yeah, I mean, Dan, sorry. I know you're big on Google Docs and Google Spreadsheets. Yeah. I use them too. Uh-huh. They just generally don't cut it for me. Excel, Microsoft Excel yeah. specifically is awesome. Yeah. Uh, even though there's definitely a place for Google Docs. And yeah. I'm really excited to see the tutorial that you've come up with, actually. <laughs> I'm going to be checking that out. Um, yeah, I, I just want everybody to think about when they wish there was a better solution too, just like what you were describing, Dan. I mean, Vanessa, you were talking about uh, the National Association of Professional Organizers and something you need to do, getting information from random sheets of paper at home or at work or yeah. organizing your recipes across a ton of books and websites. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different things. And my message to a lot of people is there's a better solution Mm -hmm. and it can be spreadsheets. It's not for everyone, but it could be for other folks. And I almost feel like getting into spreadsheet salesman mode and (laughs) highlighting the benefits. You want, you want me to do that real quick? Go ahead. Please do. As long as it makes people's lives simpler, they're going to be, they're going to be interested in it. Yeah. (laughs) You want benefits. I got benefits. (laughs) They're easy to format, access and learn the basics. See all your information in one place. <laughs> Spreadsheets are simple to share with others, either as a template or pre-populated with content. They come free or bundled with software like Microsoft Office <laughs> at no extra cost. They have the best point and click, sort and filter functions this side of the Mississippi, regardless of which side you're on. <laughs> and how about that flexible grouping and presentation of information like pie charts, graphs, and pivot tables. And the kicker, Oh my god. Anyone gosh. with a computer knows at least something about them, except my wonderful Anne Fran. Bless her heart. <laughs> there you go. There's, That's there's great. Yay. Cue yeah. applause. Yeah. Buy, awesome. buy sheet one and we give you sheet two for free. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> if you weren't motivated before, listeners, you will be now. You will be now. Thanks, so that was awesome. I'll yeah. save all the things and how you can actually use spreadsheets for another conversation. Sounds awesome. good. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought about a business model like spreadsheets or us? You know, like a you know an anchor store at a mall, you know, people can come in, we're gonna <laughs> Yeah, like a little coffee. Sell shop? your spreadsheets. Yeah, people it'll be awesome. Uh, I may yeah. start thinking about it after a conversation. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Dang, you're the idea guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, on to curating. We've talked a bit about curating in the time since we met, but how how would you define curating? What do you curate personally, Joel, and how do you think others benefit from curating? Okay. Wow. Now this is another really big one that I'm going to have to reel myself in on uh, because the way that I practice curating is very different. Some people, when they hear that word, they might think of an art museum and a bunch of curated artifacts or or maybe if they even know something about libraries, the Dewey Decimal System, which is an awesome way of curating when when there wasn't. uh, Reading the history of libraries and how they used to present information, it's crazy until this guy named... um, Dewey came along and created the Dewey Decimal System. So I practice curating from a holistic perspective um, in terms of my entire existence. And before I even get into that, I just want to say something. I know you guys are big on stats uh, and things that just are, seem kind of eyeballing. And, and this is something that was nuts, at least to me, the first time I heard it. There's this uh, report by a Global Information Industry Center. And you and I are exposed to 100,000 words every day. So 12 hours worth of words daily from the internet, TV, radio, books, you know, conversations, a whole bunch of other places. And, and I'll, I'll give you a link if you want to click on that and have people put that in the show notes. But my big question is if I have 12 hours worth of words every day, and that makes up most of my waking hours, what am I going to do with those? Right. You know, am I going to use them to push the limits of my potential uh, am I going to use it to validate that what I do matters you know, the, or that why that I exist is meaningful or uh, will I just be passive and I'm just going to let them wash over me and not do anything with it? Right. So that's really, to me, what's at stake with curating is it can, it's something that can help you with all the other important things in your life. And that's the main message that I have with people separate from you know, what it is, is why is this useful? You know, why should we apply this historical concept of curating, which is at least the way that I practice it. And again, I don't have the right way. I just have a way filtering, archiving, organizing, preserving context, or adding additional layers of context to that original experience. 
then you need to have some way of accessing those experiences and then sharing them when it's relevant. So it's really six main steps to curating all of the various things, recipes, restaurants, Mm. podcasts like this one, the best nuggets from this podcast, whatever it may happen to be, you can curate anything and you can do it with a ton of value for yourself and for the people who you love or that you want to get more respect and trust uh, and validation from. Yeah, there is just a, an amazing array of benefits that we that, that I think all of us get from others curating quite a bit. And, um, you know, a, a just an obscure site that I go to is um, one of my hobbies is cooking on our big green egg. I love smoking, grilling, and, um, you know, roasting, I, you name it. Any kind of meat or vegetable I put on the big green egg. Well, to fuel that, you use charcoal. Well, somebody with an awful lot of time on their hands and obviously a high level of interest went through and evaluated like over a hundred different varieties of um, commercial charcoals to use on this grill. And they rate them by, by size of the chunks, how long they burn, how much they break in the bag. The si- I mean, just all of these different factors that, that somebody who's not into that would look at that and say, whoa, somebody's got way too much time on their hands. What the heck? How, they, how are they spending their life doing this? But for somebody like me, that, that's an that? invaluable resource. Yeah. You know, it's a crazy invaluable resource. And I told you when we were on your show, after, um, after we were done recording our segment, that I used to be a curator of a, at a museum. And, um, and that's where I really, really learned for how important things are for posterity's sake. You never know who's going to come along behind you and be able to use all of the things that that uh, you took the time to categorize and put together and hopefully make easy to find. Uh, but where I think a lot of people may not fully grasp it is they're used to using they're used to being the benefactors of other people's curation and not necessarily have taken steps to do it themselves. And one of the biggest questions we get asked all the time for, you know, ideas for future episodes is, is um, what's the best way to um, organize your photos, Photos. whether Mm -hmm. digitally or Mm -hmm. physical and that's curation. And so we are actually, we're kind of working on this process to, we have our own process, but refining it and making it um, a process that other people could easily use um, has been a bit of a challenge for us. But I think using that as an example, everybody can can understand the benefit of curation if just done because everybody deals with photos nowadays. You know, I'm glad you bring it up because I don't know anybody else, Joel, who who uh, who brings up the subject of curation. So, what do you personally curate, then, Joel? I mean. More specifically, I guess. Yeah, well, tons of stuff online, whether it's blog posts or podcasts or videos and on a whole host of topics, whether it's minimalism, the meaning of life. I actually have a category in a spreadsheet. I have master categories and subcategories and tags for all the stuff that I curate. Um, there's sports and technology, politics, religion, I mean, all of the things that I'm interested in that I may want to help somebody else with or I may want to be a community resource on or a go-to person for, I'll curate. And I do that for selfish reasons because I have a horrible, horrible memory. Mm-hmm. I mean, my brain is so leaky that if I don't curate, mm-hmm. and I didn't do this seriously until about two and a half years ago, it's, it's just a mess. Right. So this is a way... It helped me understand where I might bring value to other people's lives, but it also brought a ton of value to my life because I was able to create a structure. I was able to create organization around all of the experiences that I have. And people don't need to do it in spreadsheets. You can do it with Evernote. You can do it with Pinterest. You can do it in a journal. I mean, you could probably even do it with an intricate series of levers and pulleys with post-it notes if you had a crazy enough physical system. Although I normally advise people against trying to practice unless they're a curator of a museum. Uh, Physical curation, it gets a little bit difficult. But recipes, restaurants, movies, books, anything that I experience that could have meaning that I can extract the best parts of it and then use it for my future benefit or for the benefit of others, I curate it all. You know what one of my, well, my favorite current way of curating is um, through YouTube playlists. 
I absolutely love it. And um, I'm, I'm big into tiny homes. I guess you'd call it uh, living off the grid, things like that. And so I curate things on that. And um, just recently, within the last week, about you know, 10, 12, 12 years ago, I was living in uh, Uzbekistan with a bunch of guys. And, and, uh, and we had this bootleg uh, uh, video our satellite dish that we were watching these uh, music videos on. Right. And, and, but I, so I curated all of these videos from 2001 and early 2002. And, um, but those were kind of what defined our time there is when, when you weren't working, you were kind of sitting in front of this TV and uh, watching these videos. And I just curated this list of like 45 videos and uh, sent them out to all the guys that I was with, and they're like, "Oh man, it's all—it's bringing back all these memories, you know." <laughs> but it's just a way to kind of, to, like you said, to be able to relive a moment, serve as a useful tool. Well, I'm already thinking a lot of different just personal use for it, but also business use for it. I can definitely see how you can use it. And then I guess Joel, you personally, do you, you marry it mostly with a spreadsheet, or do you also use other? I know you mentioned that you can use like Pinterest, Evernote, and all that stuff. But I would imagine your primary choice is spreadsheets because that sounds like something I would actually rather do is spreadsheets. Um, Dan's probably a little bit more either auditory or Evernote style or what, but what is your preference? Is it spreadsheets yeah. or a combination? It's, it's spreadsheets. But yeah. if I were super-duper into books uh-huh. and I wanted to curate all of the books that I read, I might go to a website like goodreads.com oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and go there. The thing is, I won't say that it's not important how you curate. It's really important. I mean, there's general tools like a spreadsheet or Evernote. Mm-hmm. There's specific tools for specific categories or for topics that you're passionate about, like Goodreads. Right. Uh, but it's more important for you to figure out why. Yeah. Why is it important for me to be a resource to other people? And how might I best go about that? The answer for me is curating. That's one of the primary forms that I use from a personal perspective and also from a business perspective. You know, in my business, uh, I use curating for a, a crazy amount of stuff. And I just magically come up with the best link or uh, the summary of an experience that I had when uh, a business associate is coming to town mm-hmm. and they want to know what the best restaurants are in the Twin Cities for Thai food, for example. Well, all the places I've gone to, I can send them a portion of my spreadsheet and say, look, here's what I ate. Here's the value that I got from it. Uh, Here's the location within the Twin Cities, within Minneapolis, St. Paul. You can slice and dice. I'm like their own personal Yelp from a trusted source. (laughs) Yeah. And it allows me to do a number of things that I couldn't otherwise do. Well, I'm going to ask you this, too. And I think that's a good point because I was going to ask you, so you really do need to figure out why, you know, why would you need to do this? Why would you need to curate and what's your goal kind of a thing? But when you do know that, um, do you have a routine um, or just it's become habit of when you do find something, you just go right to that spreadsheet or whatever. What is your routine for that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I normally just go straight to, and I have a number of spreadsheets for different purposes, but yeah, I'll, I'll go to that spreadsheet, not necessarily immediately after I have the experience because it would be horribly awkward if we just stopped our chat and I was like, oh, Vanessa just said something awesome. Got to go to my spreadsheet. <laughs> right. the, key, the key is there's a whole bunch of best practices about curating, which I'm not going to get into. But um, you want to make sure that you are doing it as soon as you can after that experience because, Dan, you were talking about memory. And there's this research that was done at Northwestern University about memory and how tricky it is. And this woman, Donna Bridge, who was part of the research team, she says – and I'm just going to give you a quick quote that memory is not an image produced by time traveling back to the original event. It can be an image that is somewhat distorted because of the prior times you remembered it. Right. And your memory of an event can grow less precise, even to the point of being totally false right. with each retrieval. Wow. Now, that applies to people like me who have terrible memories. But that also applies to people who think that they have awesome memories, sure. that they're always going to remember the context of their experience exactly the way yeah. that it went down. But that gets twisted over the years, right. assuming you can even remember it in the first place. Sure. Uh, so, Vanessa, I try to take, I try to extract the best moments mm-hmm. of my day, whatever it is that I'm doing, and put them into a spreadsheet if it's relevant, if I feel like it will be valuable to me or to somebody else down the road as soon as possible. Sometimes it's not practical, but that's always the goal. Very cool. Cool. Thank you. 
All right. Well, I have a question for you um, about uh, your family. You're obviously a family guy, and there's you and your wife, Melinda, and son, Grant, and a little one on the way. Can you give us any tips about how you try to keep things simple with the family? Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a lot it? easier to keep things personally simple yeah. than it is to keep things family simple. Yeah, it ranks right up there with meaning of life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my greatest challenges, but it's also one of my greatest joys yeah. is trying to figure out how I can help my family leave uh, lead a simple life together. I mean, you guys are a simple life and and you have kids around and and I have one, as you mentioned, and another one on the way. I guess as much as I said that my journey for simplicity is inside out, you know, it's, it's the things that you can't see and touch. It's the things that nobody gives you an award for, or that nobody recognizes. The best contribution that I have is encouraging my family to have a physically simple existence. That means keeping the kitchen clean, keeping the table without a whole bunch of mail stacked on top of it. Mm. So we have a, a pretty orderly house. There's still some things that are thrown around here and there. But the way that I try to help my family simplify, because they're not totally on board with this whole emotional and spiritual simplicity that I practice, everybody can get on board with their physical environment and making sure that it's clean, that it's organized, that it doesn't cause them a whole bunch of stress. Absolutely. So wherever it is that I go... Uh, mostly for family, the people who don't mind me shuffling some stuff around, I'm always trying to point out, have you considered Hmm. organizing in this way? Or instead of having a massive amount of folders in a filing cabinet with things that you can never figure out, have you considered maybe digitizing things and putting them somewhere that it doesn't impact your physical environment? That's one thing that I'm always big on too, is moving things from my physical environment to a digital environment where I can better manage them and where they're less stressful for me. So that's one of the ways that I try to help my family when it comes to living simply. Good stuff. Sounds like me with Dan. Like, you know, I know I've noticed the receipts are just keep piling up on the table. What can I do to help make this, (laughs) this process a lot easier to get into the folder? Just let me know what I can do for you. I, I joke here, but yeah, the scientific term for that is a dig. She's digging me. She's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. love you. I'm just kidding, you know. <laughs> but sometimes it can be challenging with the family, and I like how Joel. I like how you just kind of um, you just might give recommendations, and like I just I want to help, you know, or just or just throw an idea out there. You know, oh, you know what I found? This is a really cool thing that actually I found that a lot of my clients like using, and that just. Puts it in their head. You plant the seed. It plants yep. the seed, and then sometimes they come back to you and go, "You know what? Let's try that. Let's give it a shot." So I like how you, I like your approach. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Well, you know, Joel, I wanted to get back to the tagline thing for a for a quick minute. You mentioned uh, money in there, and you know, when uh, on our show we talk about our five pillars that we use to guide us, and one of those is finances. And like we mentioned, money can be really can be a stumbling block for a lot of people when they're trying to simplify their lives, and it can it can totally derail their journey if they're if they don't have that in line. But a lot of people, um, I think, find that, I'm going to put it in like air quotes, the investing thing, they find that uh, a little bit complicated and a bit of a monster for them. And you address simplifying that in your online course, the Start Investing with $100 course. Can you share just a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I, I, as I mentioned before, I worked for over a decade in the wealth management industry, also known as investing. And I worked in a number of different roles. Uh, I saw some things that can't be unseen. Yeah. And I, because, I've, because of my experience in the industry and because of my passion for personal finance and helping people with it, I felt like I should create something that would help people. So this course that you mentioned, Start Investing with $100, is a lot of people don't understand that even by just sitting still and not investing they're shooting themselves in the foot because taxes are devouring your future purchasing power. Inflation is constantly working against you. The principles of compound interest are working against you. If you're accruing 0.1% interest in your checking account or in your money market account and your savings account. So part of it is education is telling people it's actually riskier not to invest than it is to invest, even though that's unconventional stuff. 
Uh, and a lot of it is confidence. People don't feel like they can self-invest. People don't feel like they have the knowledge, the skill to invest on their own behalf, as opposed to entrusting some kind of financial advisor. And there's tons of amazing financial advisors out there, certified financial planners, people who will do awesome for you in managing your money. But a lot of people who do um, are worse than you would be, uh, or may not have your best interest in mind. So why not take ownership? Why not become a confident investor yourself? And what I do is I walk people through a set of initial considerations that they need to make when it comes to investing. And there's a bunch of them, especially if you haven't really thought about it before. And then I go through a sequence of what I feel is a logical process of, okay, define your goals and needs. What kind of account structure do you need? Are you saving for retirement? Are you saving for higher education? Are you saving for a wedding in five years? You know, what, what are you saving and investing for? And then what are suitable investments for you? Right. Because what's suitable for you isn't appropriate for someone else. Right. What investment company might be best for you is horrible for someone else. So we go through a series of decisions where I don't make it for them. I just lead them through a process. I empower them. I give them confidence to make their own decisions and to become their own investor, even with as little as a hundred bucks, because some people don't have a ton of money to right, invest. Sure. Some, some people might literally have as little as a hundred dollars, but that is still enough. And building momentum in investing will pay dividends literally and figuratively for years and years and years. And that's the message that I try to communicate to people. That's it's going to bring up those words again of freedom and, and, and liberating your, you know, yourself, your time and your money, your efforts. So I'm totally on board. I was listening to your podcast about, I think, when you're getting ready to introduce, uh, start investing with $100. And I was just blown away by kind of your unconventional thoughts on how to, to view investing. And I was just like, wow, this is good stuff. So Yeah, $100 isn't much and your course is even less. <laughs> right? Very true. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So um, I know you're on a time crunch, Joel, and we don't want to keep you going forever here. Mm-hmm. But um, And like I said, we'll have links to uh, Value of Simple and the Smart and Simple Matters show in the show notes. And I did want to ask one more thing. Um, I know Batman has his Batcave, right? And the Super Friends have the Hall of Justice, <laughs> right? And, and, and Joel has the refuge of simplicity, right? And I want to know what goes on there. Well, I know what goes on there because I belong. But I, <laughs> but I want you to share some of what you can that goes on there. And you don't have to give away the secret handshake or anything. But if you can mention a little bit of that, I think some people might be interested in it. Yeah, there is no secret handshake. And uh, I, I, so I have this thing through Value of Simple. It's called, I call it the Refuge of Simplicity. It's, it's designed to be a, a sanctuary for people, for folks who want to go deeper in the community that I'm building. You know, just like you two are building an awesome community around you and your message and your mission, yeah. I'm looking to do the same thing too. So the Refuge of Simplicity is where I put a number of resources for people who are committed, who are dedicated to making a more positive change in their life. And and there's a number of things I have in there. The first thing that I ever put in the Refuge of Simplicity is what I call the personal user guide. Uh, And in short, it helps you live intentionally. It helps you take actions on those intentions and to celebrate who you are and understand what makes you tick by figuring out what your beliefs and principles are and documenting all these things and having a really easy way to share, to, to actually post if you want to share it with people, this is who I am. If you want to understand in 10 minutes what makes me tick, what would otherwise take you years to figure out about me, just go to my personal user guide. And it's an instruction manual for yourself and for anyone else that you want to share it with. So that's one of the things that I have in there. Um, You know, there's always resources that I'm trying to add is what's unique about me or my community. And one of the things is this thing I call the continuous creation challenge. Uh, and I think it's in total alignment with your awesome edit and forget it challenge. Right. But th- this continuous creation challenge, it's a period of time where you just shift all of your energy from consuming into creating. And there's huge flexibility in terms of how you do it, how long, what projects you create, what kind of consumption to eliminate. But like, like your challenge, it's intended to be disruptive. Right. It's intended to yep. open your eyes about what could be possible and kind of like curating, it, it helps you turn your experiences into things that happen by you 
instead of things that happen to you right. from a passive to an active mode. So there's all, you know, I've, I've got spreadsheets in there. Of course, I got to have spreadsheets in there. <laughs> of there's, course. There's these things I call spreadsheet spotlights where I give out templates for uh, using spreadsheets for different things, home and auto maintenance tracking, uh, home energy audit and, and other kinds of tracking. And then, um, yeah, I, I'm always thinking of how can I, for the people who have shown, who have told me, I want more. I want to go deeper down the rabbit hole. The Refuge of Simplicity is a place to hang out and to get a whole bunch of resources that uh, I want people to have that show a level of commitment that other people might not. And that's all available for the amazing price of? Zero Zero. point zero zero dollars. Good stuff. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I I love it all. Um, You know, I'm I'm, honestly, Joel, I'm amazed at the way you think. Um, the way that you can articulate the way you think um, and make it simple for for me and for the listeners. Um, and you really, truly have so much to offer. I'm so glad that you were with us today. Absolutely. Awesome. So um, what have we left out? What is some must-know information from our listeners? What do you got going on and how can people get a hold of you? Uh, well, the easiest way is to say hey on Twitter. Okay. I'm at Joel Zaslowski. Common spelling. Uh, Yes, yep. common spelling. <laughs> yeah. And I know you mentioned it, but uh, my podcast, Smart and Simple Matters, if people want to check that out, they can go to valueofsimple.com slash iTunes. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of social media platforms I'm on, too. I really dig Google Plus lately, and I love to connect with people more over there. I feel like it's more meaningful uh, and a little bit deeper. Uh, if people want in on the Refuge of Simplicity and they want to see that kind of practical, quirky, maybe even mad scientist side of me, I created a special page for your listeners, Dan and Vanessa. Oh, okay, great. Uh, it's, on, it's on Value Simple. All they need to do is go to valuesimple.com slash S-L-T, and I'm going to have customized resources waiting for them and the easy way to get into the refuge of simplicity. Uh, awesome. And I guess I better knock it off now so I don't get back into spreadsheet salesman mode. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's amazing. We love it. That is great, man. It's been so good having you on the show. We cannot wait to see you in person here very, very shortly at uh, the World Domination Summit. So I'm pumped up, too. Looking forward to that. That's right. So, Well, thank you so much, Joel, and we'll be talking to you again real soon. Thanks so much, Joel. All right. Thanks, you too. Sure. Bye-bye now. All right, so that was great to be able to talk to Joel. He yeah, really awesome. does bring quite a bit of information to the whole simplicity realm. So, mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess we're moving on to the thing segment. Well, my thing was passing the BCPO exam. Um, it was a huge relief to pass that thing because it's been on my mind for a couple of months. I know it has. It's been, it's a, it took a lot of hard work. Yeah, it was just, uh, especially for you guys, too, kind of dealing with me, <laughs> my family. But oh, I'm not going to say anything about that, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, that was all fine and dandy to pass it. But really, my thing, my real thing is that I just, it was amazing the support and encouragement I got from my friends and family and colleagues, other organizers here in town, and even our listeners out there. I got such feedback from them. And uh, so I really appreciate that. But my biggest support came from Dan. <laughs> he had to put up with all my anxiety. and nah, uh, No biggie. Yeah, doing a little double duty at home and you know, letting me car- cry in his shoulder in frustration <laughs> and, uh, and just taking care of things, taking care of the business, taking care of the kids, taking care of the home, taking care of a bunch of stuff while I was busy working and studying. So I really appreciate that. Well, you support me all the time. So, I mean, it's no problem. That's what we do, right? That's <laughs> yeah, what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, though, now I'm totally looking forward to spending time with the family now. And, you know, it's just been a crazy three months and I'm looking forward to de-stressing a little bit and, um, I know you guys are looking forward to that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's my thing. No, I'm yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> but, I don't blame you. <laughs> actually, part of it is my thing is heading out today for the World Domination Summit, and finally, you and I get some time together after a long time. And um, you know, yeah, it's like a vacation. It is. It is like a vacation to us in a way because it's just way. the two of us, and we get to we usually tag on a day before and after to kind of visit the city and get stuff acclimated and, and deacclimated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's my thing. So let's move on to the feedback segment. Yeah, we've gotten quite a bit of feedback lately. And the first one here is from YouTube from Amira Martin, whose username is 
Four Hats and Frugal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was such fun to watch. I have been listening to your podcast for over three months and have learned immensely from it. I'm a frugal blogger and vlogger and love to find inspiration all over, especially from podcasts. I love how real and genuine you two are and that you are prior service since I'm a staff sergeant in the Air Force. Right on. I'm high. I'm high. <laughs> you even encouraged me to create my own community called hashtag frugal crew on Twitter. We chat every Wednesday about living a frugal life without deprivation. You guys are great. Yeah, and Amir put that on our um, About Us video on YouTube. So yeah. that was really cool. And I checked out her stuff. It's She's got a lot of nice videos on there. And what a beautiful family. So awesome. great to see. And in iTunes, uh, we got a couple of reviews there as well. And the first one says, a great listen from LAM Ellis from the United Kingdom. And he <laughs> said, I always look forward to the gentle banner between Dan and Vanessa. While tackling different aspects of simplicity, they always make you feel you're there with them and part of the conversation. Now, if I can just persuade Dan to put some decent coffee in his AeroPress. All right, now, Ellis, you know I love my Cafe Bustello, or Cafe Bustamovo, like I call it. It's awesome. It tastes great. It's three eighty eight a can. But you know what? Who am I? This is, this is from a guy who competed in the AeroPress competition. Oh, so, really? hats off to him. That's cool. All right. And here's just a portion of the terrific review that Law Person wrote to us. If you want to transform your life for the better, subscribe now. This podcast is absolutely hands down fantastic. If you have been considering simplifying your life, then this podcast is a must and should be made part of your weekly routine. Dan and Vanessa walk you through practical steps towards a simpler life. While you are learning life-altering information, you are laughing and enjoying yourself thanks to Dan and Vanessa's fantastic relationship and synergy in the podcast. Well, it goes on to say that they have inspired me to launch not one, but two podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I still have more time to spend with my wife and children because I'm not distracted by the latest and greatest thing or TV show. I have already launched one of my podcasts, The Avid Woodworker, and I checked that out. It's awesome. It really is. I, I did a good review on iTunes for it too. The other is in production with my wife and it will be called Healthy Married Life. I hope to have the first episode on iTunes within a week. Thanks again to Dan and Vanessa for your amazing content, simple wisdom, and wonderful delivery of useful information. That's from Lee and Stephanie. Oh, thank you so much. That's great. And the couple's guide wrote, great information for a happy life. The real story of how a couple has managed to scale back and obtain happiness. Their tips and experiences are the key to finding a balanced life. Dan is the tech person who teaches in a way that is so understandable, and he is so eager to help, and Vanessa's organizational skill leads to a non-chaotic life. Their example of how to work and have fun will give you motivation to get started. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then we've got one more. This one is from Lisa Johnson. She says, I really enjoyed your About Me video, and you both inspire me. I enjoy getting to learn about you and your podcast. I'm on a similar path as far as simplicity goes, and I'm working hard to become debt-free. I paid off many debts this year, and I'm in the process of selling my house that I currently rent. I'm 46, and I too have worked hard on weight loss. Six and a half years ago, I lost 45 pounds and have kept most of it off. You know the stubborn five pounds, sometimes up and down on the scale. (laughs) I hear you, Lisa. (laughs) Well, she goes on to say, I want to say how grateful I am to have found your podcast. I can relate to you both on many levels. I appreciate you sharing what is working and how you have changed over time. The organizing tips are fantastic, and I watch the videos. I'm in love with Evernote. I now can categorize information and access it in a store when paying bills or searching for documents saved. I'm still working, but eventually I would like to go paperless. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I did purchase Evernote because I want to support an organization that helps me. You inspire me. I've even started juicing, and I love it. I've been juicing for about six weeks, and I have you two to thank for the information and the podcast with Farnoosh Brock. I feel physically better, and my hair and skin look better, too. I'm glad you've shared your lives with the world, and I look forward to meeting you one day. Well, I'll tell you what. We look forward to meeting you, no too, Lisa. Kidding. Thank wow. you so much. Lots and lots of changes in her life, huh? That's yeah. fantastic. And I can relate to a lot of those. I mean, she's gone through the... Okay, so that's it for episode 33 of Simple Life Together. Thanks again to Joel Zaslowski for joining us. And don't forget, no show next week. So take some time to catch up or re-listen to your favorite episode. And if you happen to see us out there on the road, be sure to honk. Beep, beep. (laughs) So Vanessa's thing was passing the BCPO exam. And my thing was today's trip to WDS. All right. We talked about a lot of links with Joel. So don't forget, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 033. There are links to Joel's podcast, website, and more. So check it out. 
And head over to simplelifetogether.com where you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge over in the left column of the site. Or check out the Google Drive tutorial or use the free side gig website guide to start your side business. And uh, just lots of other information and connect with us over there as well. Remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We would absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. Simple life together.